Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody, this is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men. Podcast number 237, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas, so grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each on our own spiritual journey. You know, I'm a spiritual guy, it's important to me. I... I get tired of just talking about sports and superficial stuff. I get encouraged, though, with the word and pastors. But what really helps me in my spiritual walk is talking with regular guys and spiritual guys that are out there slugging it out and meeting challenges in life just like me. And so that's why we're here. And we're on the No Church Answers Tour and glad that you've joined us. And because of that... And thank you for listening to us and joining us. Our one-half-hour TV show, No Church Answers, is now airing Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on WYGA-TV Atlanta. And it's also available on PreachTheWordNetworkTV.com on demand. And our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, you know, hey, basically wherever you get the stuff. Uh, and we have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com and thank you so much uh what we do here is we basically take a scripture lesson uh and for like a sunday school lesson and we update it we put a, a man spin on it and basically apply it to our everyday lives and we do use different types of periodicals and the text that we're starting now is this is the study of james and it's by gc2 press and for those of you that have been listening to us for a while we've been using the baptist way press uh material on many occasions uh we didn't deviate from that they just changed their name so that's where we're at and so this one's a connect 360 uh and the subtitle is kind of authentic faith and with that i'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel that we got here he is a world-class trainer in and a big deal in the talent development field we call him the professor robert koshu is here hey, robert hey guys and he's a former prosecutor and a current attorney, so he used to be able to throw the book at you. We still call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Mike, how are you? Hey, my name is Bill Cox, and I am basically a uh, contractor, um, but I'm kind of a writer and indie filmmaker, and uh, I'm a contractor to pay for my indie filmmaking and writing. <laughs> and so anyway, and so much for us. And with an excused absence today, uh, 
Mr. Steve Titch, he's he's going to be missing out. He's the actually show producers, so the monkeys are out of the cage tonight. So yeah, speaking uh, of temptation, that's what our our <laughs> podcast is about. We wanted to go with him. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So We're going to go ahead and we'll kick, on, we'll so. kick yeah. this off and start with the professor. So we're going to do the Book of James. James is one of the more interesting books in the New Testament. It's actually thought to be one of the earliest books of the New Testament. It had to have been written at least before A.D. 62 because the author of the book, most people agree, is James, who was the half-brother of Jesus by Joseph, you know, right. Mary. And so he died in A.D. 62, so it had to be before then, and it may have been written as early as A.D. 50. How much older do you think? I mean, was... The, the difference in age between Jesus and James. I, I don't think it was that significant. I'm thinking a couple of years maybe. Yeah. Only because of that one incident when Jesus was 12 in the temple. You know? So mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking there was maybe a cup. There was enough of a difference then that James wasn't allowed to be off by himself enough that he could be left behind. Right. And okay. that's the reason yeah. why I'm going right. two to yeah, three years maybe. That makes sense. Sure. You know, sure. that's kind of a, that is totally conjecture by me, by the way. Right. Um, interestingly enough, a lot of the early churches had a problem with this book. Now, for context, they also had a problem with 1 and 2 Peter, Jude, and Revelation. Some of the early Reformation leaders, Martin Luther, he actually called it an epistle of straw. He didn't like it at all for some odd reason. And he actually had it in Hebrews separate from the accepted canon when he published his German translation of the Bible. So he didn't like put it in with it. He said, okay, these books are good too, but they're a little different. I'll get to them later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. John yeah. Calvin, of Calvin theology, he actually called it a chaotic book with things just kind of thrown together. So it now I think if, if you get to it, some of that is because... so. You have to understand, so most of the New Testament after the Gospels and Acts was really written by Paul. Romans, Corinthians, all of that. Paul was like, a lot of people call him the 13th dis apostle or disciple. I call him the necessary disciple because you had to have somebody with an academic learn. It's kind of like in today's world, you got to have a lawyer. That's why we have Mike around. <laughs> but so back then, right. <laughs> you needed yeah. somebody who had that grown. Remember, he was part of the Sanhedrin, so he had the education to codify the theology, as it were. So, you know, so I tend to think it's that way because James is just kind of, oh yeah, and he's right, oh yeah, yeah, and then he writes that. Bring function, bring yeah. form to the function, right? Well, and and it's it's stream of consciousness is another way to think about it. The thing I like the most about James, though, and this is the deal, it is really thought to weigh, and I tend to agree with this, it is one of the most practical books of the Bible. Our, our mm -hmm. minister of adult, pastor of adult education was just in here, and he said that James is basically, how did, how did he put it? it it's a kick in the, a spiritual kick in, in the, the butt. pants, yeah. Yeah, because if, yeah. You don't, if you don't feel that way after it, then you are, and it basically, and I read this, I'm reading a new book, and this is a quote from David Bednar, who was a professor of organizational development and a former president of Brigham Young University. And he wrote, 
people of integrity and honesty not only practice what they preach, but they are what they preach. And I, I read that as I was reading this book, and I thought, man, that is like the perfect quote to fit James. Because James basically tells you, hey, you're not only what you preach, you're not only what you preach, you are have to be what you preach. You can't just say it. You've got to walk. And that's something we always talk about. That, you know, look, you've got to walk this walk of being a Christian. You can't just talk it. Because in today's world, my, my buddies, the ex-evangelicals, yes, I'm going to mention you tonight. Part of your complaint is, that's legit, that the church is full of hypocrites. Well, yeah, it actually is. But there are a lot of people who have done a lot of talking and not a lot of walking along with that talk. And they've caused problems. And if you're not willing to do that, then you don't. Now, tonight we're going to hit chapter one. Chapter one gets divided into three parts. Tonight we're going to do outward trials. And then we have inward temptations and the role of God's word in testing. And I mean, this is just, I'm, I'm pumped because I love James. James is going to be one of those books that we're just going to have a really good time with. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Uh, folks, James is one of the... Uh, the books that addresses our trials and tells us that they're fun. We're supposed to have joy with them. I'm going to tell you, boy, I don't know where he got that, but, but as we grow in the Lord, we do see a different perspective on facing problems, dilemmas, and difficulties that we have. Um, in fact, we have inter different inter interpretations of what a trial is, and, and James is going to start out on trials about us. Some of us have experienced physical pain from broken bones, and some of us experienced gut-wrenching pain from diseases and sicknesses. Now, I remember a cartoon, and by the way, again, this is, a, just, just so you'll know, James in verse 2, which Robert just told us we were going to look at, uh, 1 through 12 in James 1. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. I'm going to stop right there because Bill's going to read the whole thing in a minute, but... I remember a cartoon of Snoopy from the series entitled Charlie Brown by Schultz, and I remember Lucy and Charlie Brown standing around talking about some of the very difficult and bad experiences they have had in life. And as you know, they're, what, six or eight years old. They're real young, and uh, they're, they're pretty comical, their experiences. Snoopy was standing there listening, the dog. He's, yeah, he stands on two feet instead of four like <laughs> Like most dogs, but he says, uh, he listened to him for a while, and then he spoke to him and says, he says, well, I have had a really difficult life also. And all of them, Charlie Brown, Lucy, um, Linus, all of them turned and looked at him, and they started laughing. And, he, and they told him that he has never experienced anything bad. He's had a very, very good life. Well, Snoopy winced, and he retorted, uh, once when I was a puppy, someone stepped on my tail. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, trials can be a lot more painful than someone stepping on your tail if you're a puppy. But anyway, uh, we're going to look at that tonight. In the Bible, we read about some other people that experience trials, and I'm going to tell you real quick, you'll know these, just, just three examples right off. Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth, lost everything. She lost her husband, her sons, all her wealth, all her property. But she did not lose her, her faith in God, and she did not lose God. He gave to her Ruth, who would be her daughter, and to be in the lineage of Christ. All of you know of Job. He experienced trials and tribulations, difficulties. 
He lost his family. He lost his wealth, his property. He lost his health. He experienced severe sicknesses. But yet in the end, he came back. God restored all of it to him twofold because he trusted God. Now, another one is Moses. Moses, he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, I, I didn't know Moses uh, experienced tremendous trials, but he did. He came to a point when he was leading the children out of Egypt, he, was, he experienced so much rebellion from them and so much grumbling and griping at God. He actually talked to God and said, would you please take my life? Take me out of here. I am so disgusted with this. I'm so tired of this. But God didn't do that. All of you know that God did not take him out. He stayed leading the Israelites to the land of Canaan. And finally, the Israelites themselves, folks, that's number four, that's four, not three. My apologies. God tested the Israelites himself when, he, when Moses brought them out of Egypt and when God led him, and they failed miserably. They were impatient. They were hostile. They were unappreciative and rebellious to God. So anyway, today we look at uh, the first book in James, as Robert has said. It is about facing trials, and the key here is with the right attitude. And again, I, I mentioned that one line to you, verse 2. We are to be happy when we experience difficult situations. Really? Really? I can remember when I broke my leg, I'm supposed to be joyous and be happy? Boy, I don't think so, folks. There's a lot of thoughts that came into my mind, and they were not Christian and righteous thoughts. But anyway, we're going to look at all these things, and uh, hopefully we will present something to you folks that will stick with you and that will help you in your walk with Christ. Bill? And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Man Up. Podcast number 237. We'll be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the fellas of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 237. Starting off with the, the book of James, and this particular one is uh, titled Grace Under Pressure. And with that, I'm going <clears> to <throat> go ahead and read the scripture at this time. This is James 1, 1 through 12. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may have mature and complete, not lacking anything. If you 
if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded, unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with the scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perceive, perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. As I was uh, preparing for this particular lesson, it uh, the wildflower, when the sun rises with the scorching heat, it withers the plant and its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. It's the shallow roots. It's kind of like the person that comes in and takes over and wants to change everything and then all of a sudden they're gone to the next shiny object that they don't have a full commitment to it. And my dad always, and I am, I'm sorry, I bring up all these uh, agriculture and these farm That's a stories. good illustration, Bill. <laughs> <clears throat> but, I, and I can tell you this, my dad, we, we would buy horses, uh, you know, for my sister's rode horses and stuff. He always wanted a spirited horse, a horse that was hard to break. Because if you broke that horse, you'd be able to ride that horse and it would never fail you. And nobody else could retrain it either. Whereas you get something that's wishy-washy, something that has no roots, and say you're a salesman. Okay, you, maybe you'll sell that person, but uh, the next salesman that comes in, they might sell them too. And the next one, they might sell them too. And so that is the thing about perseverance. Perseverance and steadiness that makes up for a lot. That makes up for no connections. That'll also make up for being too old or too young. Uh, being dedicated and persevere it makes up for a lack of education. It makes up for a lot of things. That's kind of my overall impression. Let me ask you something, guys. Oh, go, go, go ahead, this. Before we get into all sorts of theories and everything, you look here and it says uh, in verses 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face... Uh, all sorts of trials of many kinds. Um, verse 4 says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, we know that we grow in faith if we have the right attitude and we follow the right thing. We don't scream and yell and shake our fist at God when we go through a problem. But he says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously 
to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, my question is, how does wisdom fit in here? Because I would think with the trial, and, and Robert, I'm kind of directing this at you, Bill. If you have the answer, that's good, too. I, I, I guess the wisdom he's saying here is how to deal with the trial, whether or not you ask God to deliver you from it or to take you through it. Or do you guys have something? You see what I'm asking about the, the I, wisdom? I, what it, wisdom is he talking about here? He shifts from the trial to wisdom. Ask God for I, wisdom. I, I think it's the wisdom to go through the trial. I, I really do. I okay. think, and, and, and the reason I say that is because we, we took Bill's illustration, and it was really good, Bill, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's the roots, like Bill talked about. If you don't build any, if you don't construct a foundation from the beginning, when we talk about exercising your faith muscle, when we do that, you know, prayer, Bible study, worship, meditate on scriptures, service, having fellowship with other believers, having fellowship with men, you know, where you can, like this, where you can actually talk about these topics. If you don't construct your faith and build those deep roots like you talk about, Bill, well, yeah, when a trial comes, it's going to be a pain in the butt. I think one thing about it is we look at our faith and people think about gifts, the spiritual gifts that everybody has. I think gifts is the wrong term for it. It should be spiritual theme, the theme that your life has. Okay. And because of the gift. Now, my wife has the gift of mercy. And she lives it out. That's kind of her theme. FYI, that's not your gift. It is not my <laughs> gift. No, it, no, it is not. That's why Just I'm married. That's why I'm married to her. But I have do have the gift of perseverance, and this faith journey of mine has been a long one, and it will continue all of my natural life. And I think the thing about a faith journey is this. It is not always successful. As a matter of fact, when you're on your faith journey, you should be able to recognize when you're either going to fail at something or it's not worth achieving because it's not going to get you where where you're going in your life. But you're mature enough to have the wisdom to say, yes, I'll pursue this, and no, I won't pursue that. That's part of the wisdom, is being able to pick what you're going to use as your ultimate destination. And the easiest way to change that is to change the way you look at it. You will always have issues, but don't beat yourself up And don't throw additional obstacles in your path. And the the I I have one final thing I know on long. I have a friend who has never seen a shortcut that he would not take, and his life shows it. And shortcuts on things that are very important in your life like occupational, financial, educational, every, I, I swear, if, if there's ever a shortcut, the next thing you know, you see him going down it. But, and his life reflects that. And so 
maturity is about seeing what decisions are really serious to be made and that and and, and that's growing in your faith it's the decisions but it's it it really is like you said bill it it's the it's having a long range vision for your faith and and i think that's a big yes, part it of it because yeah because and you have to learn it yeah right yeah. don't but you just learn come it. the first day you become a christian right and you would think that from the way the scriptures start out here you think what's wrong with you you're now a christian you don't have faith and you don't have joy to go through a trial and tribulation. I'm sorry to interrupt, Robert, but but you no, no, you, go, go ahead. You, you hit right on the uh, the central thing here because if I look at James right off, I think he's telling everybody you got to have faith and you got to have joy when you're suffering these tr- tremendous trials. Like Job, uh, you didn't see Job happy when he was going through his trials. You didn't see Naomi happy when she was going through her trials. And you definitely didn't see the children of Israel when they were traveling out of Egypt and they didn't have onions and leeks and meat. They weren't happy. They were grumbling. And so it's all attitude, Bill, and you've referred to that. Uh, Serving the Lord and learning and growing experience with the Lord is about attitude. And, Robert, you hit the nail on the head. When you serve the Lord and when you want to have a good attitude, you have to realize that these trials, whatever you're going through, no money, your car broke down, um, your children are sick, had to go to the hospital, whatever the, the trial is that you're facing is stressful, you have to say, I'm looking for the future when I will come out of this, right? And that's what you're saying. You focus on the future right. and say, there's going to be a time when I get out of this and you don't focus on the present. My mother was a med tech and she had a lot of medical journals and there was a study done and then she showed it to me. People that are sedentary and then a person that uh, is in the middle of a crisis, Mm -hmm. okay? And she showed the difference in the brain activities from a CAT scan. It's amazing how much more alive a person is in a crisis situation than when they're sitting sedentary and, it and nothing. It triggers their fight or flight response. Their brain is more active and all their neurons are just firing. And that's why competitive sports are so not only enjoyable uh, for us to watch, but because we get we get that competitive fire too, just kind of like the athletes do, okay. And but and that's the thing. That's why we should not shy away from challenges because it will it will be it does make us feel more alive. And the thing about it is, and like Mike talked about his broken leg, I didn't really enjoy. I didn't have joy when I went through my multiple hip surgeries and uh-huh. a shout out to Steve Titch who had an accident, a terrible accident that he yes. could have, he, 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 oh, yeah. he absolutely yeah. could have died on that thing. And I'm sure when he was laying there recovering, he didn't count it as joy, but you know what? Every day that you get better, it's like that light goes from a little candle to like a flashlight and then like a dust yes, lamp yes, and then it yes. just gets brighter and then yes. and like me now i mean it, it it took a while but you know i'm i'm working i'm doing you know and it's just 
that's the man thing. The man thing is to persevere. You know? the, the author talks or points out something about the trials we're listing here. Because many of us have heard of trials, and we think, oh, I made a bad test grade, and it's going to be a trial to go home today. But no, no, the, the, the trial that James is talking about is uh, referred to, the, the words they use for it, has to do with unexpected difficulties that are severe. And he uses the example, the author used the example of the uh, person on the road that was coming from Samaria uh, to Jerusalem and he fell among robbers and they beat him up and hurt him very, very bad. Number one, it was unexpected. The guy did not walk into it intentionally. And number two, it was very, very severe. And number three, he really had no direction or future hope for him except the good Samaritan came along and helped him. So when, when I read that, I thought, you know what? They, I'm not the only one that faces difficult trials. In fact, I haven't really faced difficult trials. One example you said with uh, Steve Titch. Folks, if you don't know about that, Steve Titch fell through his roof, right? Am I correct? There was the ceiling story? in his... It was like a second story. <laughs> yes, uh, and he hit the banister uh, on the second story. Yeah, 20 feet. He fell over 20 feet. The roof oh, oh the man, horrible, story. horrible. Yes, he could have easily died if he hit wrong on the floor in the first floor, folks, yeah. and he hit on his shoulder instead of his head. Yeah, So uh, the, 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 the point here is that the trials that James is talking about are, number one, they're unexpected. Two, they're usually, they can be very severe. And uh, number three, they can have a lasting effect on you folks. And here he's telling you, after you have gone through a number of trials, part of the key here is to trust God and ask him for the wisdom to go through it, as Robert explained to me, and to deal with it so that in the end you come out stronger and you'll be a little bit better and closer off to the Lord and handling the situations if they come up again. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up, a spiritual oasis for men. Podcast number 237. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow@manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. Welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, and we are kicking off... Uh, uh, the Making of Authentic Faith. This is the study of James. We're talking about trials, and honestly, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be so involved with men's ministry and and this man up, and now our No Church Answers show, because men don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. They'll talk about, hey, how's it going? Hi, fine, you know, blah, blah. Or how's the sports team? No, going? no, 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 no. It, it's the it's the if you if you've had a teenage son, you will understand this. They walk in the door and you go, "How was school today?" Uh, Fine. Yeah, and then that and then that's it. 
Whereas this, and I've always felt that church ministers well to coupled men, but how about the men out there that are widowed, separated, divorced, never married, mm-hmm. and trying to find a little bit of direction. And so that's why we're here. And the thing about it is about this particular um, discussion of James talking about troubles. And one thing, and I know Professor's chomping at the bit, is this. <laughs> Men have to change from trying to always solve it themselves. And that's what I wanted to throw out. And Professor? Yeah, So, and, and I was going to say it's more than that. So in the past, and there are a lot of churches that have presented this and unfortunately still do to this day, that if you're a man and your wife works, you're a failure. You know, if you're a man and you don't have a two $60,000 or more cars and a $300,000 house and, you know, a boat and a vacation home and you're taking two ski vacations a year and a summer break, then you're a failure. And yeah. there, there have been a lot of things in the past two years alone, and there was stuff before that, that have destroyed manhood as it was previously defined. The pandemic, the way the financial world is structured and works, and, and I'm going to say this, the, the downtrodden look upon the crafts trade has created a generation of men who are listless and wandering through life without really looking. And we've talked about this a couple of times. We call it death by despair because they have they are unable to find their place in the world. And so for them, life is suffering, Mike, you know, because they're they're sitting there trying to figure out what do I need what should I have how should my life work and the world's telling them one thing and they can't match it and so they're trying to fill that spot with 24 hours of video games porn they're in a vacuum drugs yeah drugs you know um, the um, increase in Fentanyl and opioid abuse, and and I'm going to say this, in the Midwest, where all the jobs have gone away from, is epidemic because these guys don't have a place. There is a place, and it's in faith through Christ, and they're missing it. And and, and, and I know sometimes that sounds church answery, but but we we discussed, you discussed your time when you broke your leg bill you talked about your surgery steve has talked at length about his time frame yes. you know i just went through most of our listeners probably don't know because we've been really quiet about it i just went through a six-month period of unemployment and it was fine because we prepped and planned and did what we needed to do but i also made conscious decisions not to let myself get into that you know i didn't do as good as i wanted to i freely admit that but I made conscious decisions not to get into a because it had been easy to lay on the couch and watch TV twenty four hours a day, you know. Right. But I made conscious decisions not to do that. I look at the guy that's out there that is that's maybe he, his life's in a little bit of turmoil, but 
vast majority of guys out there uh, handle uh, working. They can handle make money, and they can handle the structure of a job. It's off-duty. It's after the job where they lose their meaning and focus. Mm -hmm. and, and I have so many guys that come up to me and say, how do I find myself? Well, I don't know how you find yourself, but let me show you how I found mine. I've always been a writer. I just like it. I, I, I'm not necessarily good at it, uh, but I like doing it. And I really like being a comedy writer. And when I was back in the time when I was a DJ, I'd come home and I had the choice to go um, play video games or do something because I couldn't go to bed. I was tired. I mean, I wasn't tired. It was early in the morning because I was so hyped up. It was be two in the morning. So I started writing then. I wrote my first book. It took me three years. Uh, and then I just turned it in an ultimate wedding reception book because I, I wrote about what I knew. And then that kind of that led to the next one. And then I got into filming. I've done shorts and films and stuff. And I have people say, well, wow, you're still doing it and spending money on that? Well, yeah, it's kind of like my, my hobby. Some people have do work woodworking and stuff. And, the, and, uh, and I really thought about it, and I was telling my wife that it's easier for me to limp along with my passion than it would be to stop it at this point in my life. And I think what the God has given each and every one of us a gift. You use the gift, you'll find a way to use it for the kingdom. I had no idea I'd be on the tech team at church. But there I am. I had no idea I'd be doing this podcast and the TV show. Here I am. That's just part of using your gift. That's part of the perseverance. And it's part of it that makes it wonderful. Let me share a couple of things real quick. Uh, the folks, the, the Bill, I think, hinted at this, and Robert hinted at this also. Um, do non-Christians go through trials and tribulations? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They go through difficulties. You see a lot of their reactions to the difficulties on the freeways, the shootings, the muggings, the killings, because they don't have or a control over their temper or they handle or react to the situations wrongly. Mike, uh, I reacted, and since you were in transportation... I had a mini road rage incident today. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know absolutely. what? And, and here's the thing. And that the label Christian. Okay. I'd like to call myself a Christian. Obviously, I have plenty of faults. But I always, I'm trying to work better, to be better. It's, it's the long, it's the long game for me. And I wish I could say that, um, I didn't rage, but man, I was livid. I'll admit it. I was livid. Yeah. Faith, faith well, is a marathon, not a sprint. I agree, hundred percent. And, and one of the biggest problems the younger generation, and I'm, I'm sorry, I know not all of you, and I'm, it's overgeneralization, but we've created it with our culture because we want instant food in the microwave. We want to go through the drive-through, and we get mad if they're not as fast as Chick-fil-A is. We expect everything to be instant. Faith isn't instant. 
there's an yes, instant saving, there's an yeah. instant feeling, but that long-term faith that lets you build the foundation that you construct, that lets you survive these trials and temptations, and and the occasional road rage incident, <laughs> mm. you know, those that are the happens. kinds of things that it is a long haul work you have to do. And I think James is one of those books that he talks about it because he talks about wisdom and he talks about, you know, persevering and having the, and, and the word endurance is used yeah. there, you know, to remain under. So the actual word for endurance is hupomana, hupomone, and it's a constant suffering and faith and duty and is thought to mean patience is a quality of mind and the bearing of evils. And here's the deal. Suffering with a tranquil mind. And I think that's a really good definition because it, it's... Of, now, of, of which word? Perseverance. Suffering, Perseverance. Right. Okay. Perseverance. Because it's, think about suffering with a tranquil mind and what that means. It's how you approach the situation you're in when you're in that hard time. You know, because, Bill, you, you could have laid in bed with no hip for six I weeks. I did. Six he weeks. <laughs> six, but, but you could have let it. it sucked. But, 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 but there but were you could have let it. Thoughts, weren't you, going oh, through your mind. There, there are people who would literally commit suicide over that. Oh, I, I, believe me. I, I was there. I yeah, was there, but I but, couldn't move. But, it, but it's one of those deals where the long-term faith you have helps you get through that because of that mind thought and that thought process and i think that that to me is one of the keys when you're really looking at through these verses when when i was reading um on the internet they they also addressed perseverance and they said perseverance is 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 uh, gives you patience and it's a form of patience but it's an active patience and you guys have used the word active in our faith over and over again. And what I saw about active patients is another, it's not sitting in a doctor's office waiting to see the doctor. It's going to the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, get me through this trial. Show me what you want me to learn. Or if not, just at least give me the strength to go through it. And then going on, like you said, Robert, mm-hmm. with, an, with a mind that's relaxed and going on with work, whatever you're doing, whatever the situation is, you continue. You are active in your faith, and you are actively waiting on the Lord while doing something else. You're not sitting waiting for him in front right. of the TV. Well, and and I, it's a good example. And long story short, my younger son had a radial fracture on his elbow, and he was going to be laid up for, he was told by the doctor originally 12 weeks, and he pretty much told the doctor not just no, but no way. A little bit stronger language, I think, was used because um, he wanted to get back to work in time. So he religiously did his physical therapy. I mean, he was hardcore on his physical therapy. And, you know, yeah. when the first couple of days, immobile and up and iced and heat up, you know, basically he did, if, if, if a doctor wrote out and said, these are the things, the exact things you should do, he did those exact things and then some to that point. He actually went back to work three and a half or four weeks instead of 12 he went back to work this week wow and so but it's the same concept because you it's not just sitting back and oh woe is me god will take care of me it's actively staying in the spiritual disciplines where you're praying and reading your bible 
but then doing the active things that we can do to resolve and fix the situation. And I think that's the other part of this as you look at it, because James talks about wisdom, and there's two kinds of wisdom. When you think about it, there's wisdom from God, and there's wisdom not from God. Yeah. You know, and the, and the wisdom not from God is not, is, is wisdom is wisdom, and it can be beneficial. You know, and so you're sitting there thinking, you're laying in bed, okay, I got to do my exercises. Is that from God? God gave the, you, you could take the long spiritual argument, God gave it to the doctor and the knowledge, blah, 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 blah. But come on, let's be real. That's something we scientifically studied and figured out, hey, if you do this exercise, it will strengthen your muscles better. I think, though, it's really about your individual spirit. Um, yes, just absolutely. like Just like your son um, with his therapy, I did my therapy religiously, and my surgeon saw me, and he goes, you're one of the few people that has gone through what you've gone through that has not went and picked out a new couch. Because uh-huh. right, I... Right. Because and that's and and that's the thing. What kind of spirit do you want to live your life in? And and when you God has given you those gifts and you recognize them and that they're from God and you put them in your toolbox and this is your faith walk, then there's nobody that can really throw you off because you're not listening to them. That was given by God to you. I know the kind of guy I am, the kind of gifts God has given me. It's well, not cooking in a pink napkin. <laughs> <laughs> Let me share another example of faith. Were you through, Bill? I, sorry. Um, folks, I may have shared this on a few podcasts back, or maybe a, a couple of years ago, but uh, three years ago, four years ago, my daughter was pregnant with a, a granddaughter, and... Uh, and she and her husband have been going to church out in uh, Wharton, Texas, and they're quite active in the church. It's non-denominational church, but they're quite active. And the nine months went by, and um, she was due to have her baby, and I called her the day before she had the baby. And I called her and talked to her. Says how It was a Sunday afternoon. I said, uh, how are you doing? How's the baby? The baby's kicking. The baby's fine. Uh, so she says, we're going into Mar to induce, um, because the doctor says that's the right thing to do. So when they got to the hospital, uh, I, I didn't hear from her the next day. I went to work, came home, and went to the hospital to see her and went in. And uh, uh, she let me back. They weren't letting everybody back to see him. She let me back and she said, Dad, the, the baby died. And, uh, uh, of course, this would have been my, my granddaughter. And... Uh, and I looked at her, and, and, you know, first of all, you can't take the pain or the, or the growth away from your children. They have to experience it, right? You can't do it for them. I looked at her, and I started crying because of what she was going through, and I, I knew what she was going through. It turned out her, her water had broke the night before, and she didn't know it, and the baby went under stress and died from that. She, had, she, didn't, she didn't deliver the baby. Now, here's what I'm, I'm saying all this to tell you folks what her response was. I came in and she says, Dad, will you pray with us, number one. Number two, she says, Dad, the Lord must have something else for us if we took the baby. And I like to fell over, folks. 
How would you like to lose your grandchild? Or hear, and hear your daughter say that the Lord must have had his hand in it. We don't know why. We don't understand now. But later we, we trust that he will show us what he wanted. And, of course, I prayed with him. But the, the fact was, talk about slapping me in the face with faith. When I've Sometimes I've grumbled and pouted when I didn't get my way, Bill. And <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. And, and folks, to have, when, when you go through a, a devastating or severe trial like that, to have bad thoughts is not unusual. Or to have the wrong thoughts is not unusual. It's what you do with them. It's not whether you have them. It's whether or not you entertain them and you follow through with them. And I didn't. I didn't lose my temper. I didn't say bad things. Instead, I prayed with them. And they, they just, they embarrassed with me how, how, how strong they were and how mature they were and how they handled the situation. Excellent, Mike. Uh, as we're coming down to the end of the podcast, uh, how about a takeaway, uh, Mike, uh, for the viewers out there, how to handle um, See, sure, a hard sure. situation? I mean, unbelievable. The, the, the first thing is so simple. Thank you. Uh, we were you there? Okay. The first thing, folks of all, folks. When you're hit with a trial, the first thing you have to do is recognize it's a trial, right? You see somebody cut you off on the freeway, right? And you don't think of that as a trial at the time. You don't realize God is testing your faith to see how you're going to handle it and how mature Christian-wise, spiritually, you're going to be. We don't always recognize something that's meant to be a trial as a trial. So that's the first step you got to do. Is, is recognize that whatever difficulty you're going through is probably a trial to test your faith. And then second, talk to the Lord and express the correct attitude to him. It's a second step. And, and what you do, you ask him, ask the Lord, show me. And this is the wisdom we were talking about, Robert, that you, you explained to me. The wisdom is seeking the Lord and, and going through the trial or, going, or for him to deliver you from it. Ask him. So ask him for wisdom and help understanding the trial. And, and no matter how many trials and difficulties I go through, when I begin a trial, I do not automatically say, wow, this is a trial. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to grow in faith. That <laughs> doesn't come out of my mouth, folks. So anyway, we've been, looking at, uh, we've been looking at James 1, 1 through 12, and we're talking about trials and tribulations, difficulties. We've been talking about how they fit in our lives as Christians. Uh, and they do test our faith, but what do they test? They test our patience, our perseverance, our active waiting, as Robert defined and talked about, uh, for the trial to the end and, and obtain the victory God has for us if we endure as Christians with the right attitude. And again, attitude is the key to growing in faith. So keep a good attitude. The non-Christian experiences trials, hardships, and difficulties they ex absolutely they do and 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 if you see someone going through that by the way folks a non-christian and you have the opportunity to help them and instruct them tell them to be patient tell them to endure or ask if you can pray for them uh, offer some advice to them if if they will take it or if they ask you for it but the, f the fact is a non-christian goes through the same trials we do folks and they feel the stress and even some of them, I've seen some non-Christians have, 
patience going through difficult times, such as broke down car when you don't have any money and you don't have another car and, and you've got to figure out how things are going to work out. Anyway, uh, the main thing, recognize you're in a trial, ask God for wisdom to handle it and to go through it and have a good attitude. Bill. Excellent. Uh, Takeaway from you, uh, Professor. I'm always reminded from Paul where he says we see through a glass darkly in our faith. And so we don't always see why or what or whatever. And I think it, it's, it, it's having that right attitude. And it's not the syrupy, God has me and he'll take care of me and it will all be fine. It, it's acknowledging, you know, Job gets angry with God a couple of times. And Mike oh, mentioned Job earlier. He did, didn't he? Job yeah. gets angry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to question, but it's okay to come back and find the right place. And I think that's where this goes, is having that wisdom after you've built up your faith and constructed it and daily exercising that faith muscle to give you that strength so that when these hard times come, you have the ability to question God, but then come back to and rely on your faith. Excellent. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 237. The only thing that I was going to uh, uh, add is I'm excited about uh, this study in James. Um, But, you know, let's just talk real quick about life. Um, The goal in your life should not be to have an easy life. Think about this. Absolutely. How about a life of relevance and of impact about that and just i mean and that's what i think about and when i hear people go oh why me you know i think to myself hey why not me why not you why that's not me know. so uh thank you so much for tuning in um Hey, our weekly TV show, No Church Answers, is now available on demand at Preach the World Worldwide Network TV. You can find Preach the Word on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, and online at PreachTheWordNetworkTV.com. There's also a smartphone app at the Apple Store and Google Play. And our listeners in Atlanta, you can catch us, uh, the show... Saturday at 8 a.m. on WYGA-TV. Our ministry is growing, and thanks to you, our listeners, support, and donors. Help us keep our programming going by visiting our GoFundMe page under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men TV podcast, and your contributions are tax-deductible. On behalf of uh, Michael Cropper, the professor, Robert Kushu, my name is Bill Cox. And if you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post them there. And if you're still unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org and starts Sunday mornings at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group ABF adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class that you can join for discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there is one star one, this is man up. You've been listening to man up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. 
dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.